0: Welcome to the Hot Lava Podcast. Kevin A.C., Padres beat writer. Jay Posner, sports editor of the Union Tribune, joins me. Jay, the Padres have won three in a row. They've played two lousy teams. They're still in the process of playing uh, one of those uh, in this run of uh, not very good teams. But, hey, they look a little bit like the offensively, and then, you know, I guess pitching-wise, better. But they look a little bit like the 2020 Padres, this offense. um, And they're not facing great pitching, but it's something that uh, we needed to see, and it's what we're seeing.
1: No, you're right, and uh, it it seemed like the world was ending on Friday night, which was a, a terrible performance. I mean, the five or, the five early runs was the offense that you're talking about, not just to blow the five nothing lead, which with Weathers and Stammen did, but then not to score again was almost more surprising than the pitching failure. I mean, Arizona's bullpen, the worst in baseball, on the Padres seven and two thirds inning and couldn't score a single run against. Uh, against that. So at that point, obviously that was it. The season was over. They're going to blow this chance against the good teams and they haven't exactly blown away the last three nights, their opponents. Uh, although last night was, they were comfortably in front except for one moment, uh, <clears throat> late, you know, late in the game, but they quickly opened up again. But, you know, we talked before this stretch of games that they needed to go at least nine and four, to feel like it was a success, which would basically mean losing one game in each series would take care of that. And, you know, they lost one against Arizona. Now they've got their 1-0 and against Miami so far. The offense certainly has perked up a little bit. Uh, you know, last night was more like what you would want to see. Struggled a little bit over the weekend, but, you know, got enough enough runs and uh, now tonight will be interesting because they'll be facing Braxton Garrett who pitched the game I believe in Miami where the Padres had won the first two in that series and they lost that Saturday game uh, if I'm remembering correctly and Garrett Garrett pitched and had the game of his young career so far and he went seven innings he struck out ten gave up a couple runs he's pitched I think it's six games this year no other game has he pitched more than five innings or struck out more than six. So we'll see. I guess we'll find out tonight if the Padres learned anything from that game or, you know, if, if he found the secret to, uh, you know, to pitching against the Padres. And the Padres will be going with a bullpen game that I wanted to ask you about with Greg okay. Stammen pitching tonight. I, I kind of expected Reese Kinnear to get the start tonight. He had pitched well in a couple innings on Friday night. He's done this before, what, enlighten me, enlighten us on the, on, I guess, why Stammen over Kinnear and why Stammen, and now Stammen, Jay Stingler's talking like he might stretch him out a little bit here and maybe be a, a starter
0: that's how this all started really was, uh, with that question. I, I mean, you know, I, I thought the same thing you did, Reese Kinnear, Reese Kinnear would seemingly obviously be on his way out. Uh, if not tomorrow when Daniel Hudson is, uh, tomorrow, it's Tuesday, as we record this, uh, when Daniel right. Hudson is activated, then you, you know, when you would think he would pitch today, And you know, oh, perfect time for Reese Kinnear to go back to triple a, uh, certainly when Chris Paddock comes back, he and Miguel Diaz will be gone. Um, uh, mm-hmm. is what you, you know, all things uh, being equal as they are now. So why Craig Stammen? I mean, Craig Stammen's opened before, uh, famously, you know, last year in the playoffs, once this year, uh, goes, he's pitched well. All right. Oh, it's because, you know, Craig is going to now go maybe two, three tonight or, you know, and then, oh, maybe three, four, five the next night. Whoa, whoa. Hey, whoa. Jay stop the presses. Uh-huh. Right, right. So Craig Stammen, who was a starter in 2009 and 2010, uh, is now uh, <laughs> supposedly going to get to start and go as long as he can for a time. And if you think about it, Jay and I don't know if you have, but uh, you know he's the <laughs> one who's going to be around, not Reese. There simply is not room uh, for all these people that they have on the IL right. uh, that are coming right. back. Uh, and it's not—it's not like just some guys are coming back. There's some pretty important guys coming back, mm-hmm. um, and so. All right, Craig Stammen is going to be around. Matt Strom just coming off the injured list, He, who has been a good starter. Uh, uh He's been a bad starter too, but he's been a very good starter uh for, for times. And so why not him? Well, because he's just come off the IL. You know what? But let's see what we can get out of uh, Craig Stammen. One thing you know is he's going to come in, save for those ones where he called his uh, pitch to uh, – he, he called his pitch to uh, Peacock the other night the worst pitch of the season. Uh, you know. <laughs> save for those times where Craig does give up a bomb or a double to a pitcher on a, a two-strike mm-hmm. pitch. Uh, he's going to come in throw strikes. He's battled this year. He's thrown more innings than any reliever. Um, uh, it makes sense. The Nelson lamette you are not going to do, do this. First off, he's not ready right now. I do think he will be an opener. All right? But Ryan Weathers could also be going down. There's just a lot in flux. But who's your steady well, that guy? Was- Ryan or Craig
1: Stammen is going to be there for you. That was my next question was about what this sort of means for Ryan Weathers. Um, You know, the last two starts have not been good. uh, And I don't know if that's, if, if they're seeing danger signs in that uh, and the idea that, you know, it's we're into August now and it's getting late in the season and he's 21 years old and we don't know how much he's pitched In his career, you know, we all we have from last year is their word that he pitched all these innings at the alternate site. But let's face it, those were not the same as pitching, you know, innings and games. Maybe there's a little bit of concern there. And so if you're going to need that fifth starter at times over the next, I don't even, what is it, seven weeks or so left in seven plus weeks left in the season, that, you you know, yeah, I guess you are going to need someone else to sort of step up and at least be able to pitch. Four innings, five innings to get into that deep bullpen. That's really we talked about this before. That's really all they need from that spot. I mean, they they can't have Darvish and Snell and Musgrove consistently going four and five innings. They need them to go six and seven, which which they have been doing of late. But they're going to need somebody to come out and and open a game and go more. You know what you would hope. Like I said, four innings maybe. And yeah, I guess you know at this point, Stammen is certainly more. Reliable than Matt Strom, just from the from the health standpoint. I mean, Strom makes more sense if every if all things were equal to to be that guy. You pointed out in in your newsletter uh, today, I think it was about um, Strom's history as a starter, and and I love Strom's quote where he's like, "There's going to be a time where Matt Strom starts tw- what is it, twenty eight or thirty games in a season in the big leagues," and I, I love the the confidence that he has uh, in himself and. But for now, you're right. I guess stamina. When you think about it, which you have done more of than I have, heat does make sense here.
0: Yeah, I uh, it, it does. And look, you have you have off days in September. You have t- two extra spots, which I would imagine would go to pitchers. Uh, right. you know, if Ryan Weathers goes down, bring him back. If uh, you feel like it's Reese Kinnear, uh, uh, you bring him back. Uh, so you have some uh, cushion there. We've talked about this before. And, uh, you know, uh, Ryan Weathers. Okay, Uh, he started to throw strikes, and it didn't matter last game. So you know where it's always been command. It's like command was pretty good last game. Is they? I didn't see it. Always going to tell you, I'm not a coach or scout. There were Padres people who said the stuff wasn't as good. Okay, Mm -hmm. is that a sign? Um, So uh, I do think that Ryan Weathers' role is changing, and that could be to. Get, get a little rest and then maybe come back in September. Um, right. That so, was
1: going to say, maybe, maybe it's just a sign that he needs a little break here. Yeah. And, uh, and, and then you get him back. Because we did talk all year really about his innings. And at some point they might, you know, either need to or decide to give him a break here.
0: And even though they think that that is a certain level, you know, 120, 130, maybe it's not because you're right. in completely, un- first of all, every pitcher's different. And second, we're in unprecedented territory with what happened last year. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, it's it, it's interesting time and it's an interesting development that, uh, and I suppose it, it could also be in flux if, if Craig doesn't pitch well tonight. Uh, but he generally doesn't have a couple of bad ones. That was definitely his worst of the season last time. Yeah. And uh, so, I think that they're very confident in Craig Stammen that he's going to uh, give you uh, what, what he can. Um, just like, you know, I thought last night, man, Joe Musgrove, what Darvish did was a thing of beauty. What Snell did is what we expected, and it was real nice. It was a real, real nice game. What Joe mm-hmm. Musgrove did is why, like, if I'm Jace Tingler, he's like my favorite pitcher because I don't care if he has pneumonia that guy's going to give you 5 innings and he's going to give up two or three runs tops and last night it was 6 and 1 and if that's your number 3 starter I think Joe Musgrove is the guy you can say you've gotten what you what you bargained for when you committed 4 million dollars and Joey Lucchese on a couple other prospects
1: well I mean that's right Right. You can look at the, if you're watching this, the, as opposed to listening to it, his numbers are on the screen um, right now. And you look at that, you know, 128 and a third, only 33 walks, 147 strikeouts and a whip under one uh, and an ERA under three. So he's been, you're right. He's been very good. I mean, we should note the Padres are, as we've said, the Padres are facing bad teams right now. So you can't read everything into what Darvish and Snell and Musgrove have done, but Musgrove, particularly has probably been the most consistent guy He had one stretch where he wasn't very good but the most consistent guy throughout um Blake Snell the other day I mean yeah he was facing a, a a crummy team but he was throwing he was throwing strikes and you know there were three walks one of them probably shouldn't have been a walk um but still even if you won I know he was upset walking the three guys but even one if, of the strikeouts shouldn't have been to, a strikeout either so anyway right so you know I mean that look that's going to happen and and yeah. with someone like Snell, it was more the way he was throwing the ball, and he was, yes. and for the most part, he was throwing yes. strikes—a batter here, a batter there. He wasn't, but way more command than he's shown almost, you know, almost all season. Although he has, we should say, he has pitched pretty well at home this year. But he was, he was outstanding, you know. And now we'll see—he'll he'll face that same team again this weekend in Arizona. I haven't looked at the rotation, but obviously, uh, him and Darvish would be in line to. Um, you know to pitch on I guess Thursday and Friday in uh in Arizona and then Musgrove on Saturday, and you know I guess who knows back to Stamina again maybe <laughs> Sunday, but we'll see how Snell does against Arizona when they see him again, you know yeah. uh five days later, but that was that was encouraging for the Padres, and the rotation has been encouraging you know in these like you said in these past few days. And we'll see how it carries forward. Now they've got to face, as I said, Arizona this weekend, and then the the three games at Coors, and then you've got and then you have the Phillies and the Dodgers coming up. So it's going, you know, it's going to get it's going to get more difficult here coming up, and we'll see how they respond.
0: Yeah, it gets real starting on uh, on the twentieth, uh, is, is provided the, the Phillies are what they they seem to be lately. Uh, well, obviously...
1: even I'm sorry, you can say it gets real starting next week when you go to when you go to Coors. Um, yeah. I mean, the Rockies are pretty, you know, pretty good team at home and have played the Padres tough. And look, they're not a great team, but at Coors, they're pretty tough. And just pitching at Coors is, uh, you know, can be difficult. So it's it's going to get more difficult than another, you know, this week against the Marlins in Arizona.
0: So the thing that um, when I said that the Padres have uh, looked like the 2020 Padres offensively, you're finally seeing three, four, five guys a night getting two hits. Uh, mm-hmm. one guy getting three uh, timely hits they've stayed you know they're all season they have stayed in the zone and it, 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 they always say hey if we do this it'll pay off and these last three games are the types of games and and, and quite honestly um, the the game where they beat uh, was it uh, the, the Rockies uh, eight to one and then they beat the uh, they scored eight against the A's mm-hmm. the same thing like it started to pay off more lately uh, the Padres being who they are and I don't know what that is. Obviously, a little bit of it is the teams they face. But they also beat Sean Manaya, who, had, you know, shoved it uh, up their backs the time before. Uh, I, I honestly believe that some of these pitching performances and a lot of this offense plays against good teams as well. You know, and I, I think that we all are in for a shock if this team gets into a playoff series. The difference in playoff baseball, like we focus on a lot of things that are going to be different in the playoffs playoffs um, I think this team sets up well for the playoffs I do with its wolft well, Ben with its approach at the plate but anyway that's down the road I really right. have if you're a Padres fan you're excited about what I think what you're seeing out of the offense now you know night after night for a week really I, I really this started um, last week uh, Sunday the last home game of the the it's weird it feels like one long homestand because it was interrupted just by those oakland A's games but starting then for the most part I felt like the offense has looked just uh, about what you would expect it to, based on what we saw last year and early this year.
1: Right. And you have, you know, you mentioned, uh, you mentioned guys being in the zone. Obviously the Chrome zone is one of the the zones that they're, uh, that they're in. And, and Cronenworth's been continued to be good. Machado's been incredible. Machado's been incredible over the past couple of months, I guess. I don't remember the date
0: uh, exactly,
1: but, Okay, and and I think he has the highest uh, offensive WAR in the in the league. I think during that during that time, um, and uh, Hosmer, since June twenty ninth, has an OPS I think over nine fifty. The guy everybody loves to hate uh, has has continued to come up with big hits. You know, pretty much night after night. Uh, Trent Grisham appears to be out of the the funk that he was in. Uh, he's left. Tommy. Tommy Pham somehow picked up on that funk, and Will Myers has not been great uh, recently. But that brings us to the outfielder who could replace. How did we one make those, it sixteen minutes? One of those people's, <laughs> and that would be that would be Fernando Tatis Jr., who I should I should grab this here for people who are watching, who is kind of a freak uh, in. <laughs> In his athleticism and and everything else, he goes out to the outfield and and you know makes catches like uh, that that Casey Alfred caught for the for the Union Tribune today. But anyway, you were watching, you have watched Tatis in the outfield. Um, you know, I I think it's a little much, when, you know, to expect him to go out there and you know be a Gold Glove caliber. Uh, fielder the way that uh, Wayne Kirby was talking about yesterday without ever having done it before, but I certainly wouldn't expect him to embarrass himself. Uh, but it does look like, I mean, I guess the biggest point is it does look like this is happening. Doesn't it?
0: If there, unless there is some sort of bizarre, which I can't even imagine what it is and no one has told me what it could be setback or like, They're like, oh, this guy's just not getting it. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, one of the most instinctual (laughs) players that uh, we've seen around here just suddenly is like, oh, I don't understand what you're talking about. Um, It appears that Fernando Tati's junior is an outfielder now, um, and at least for this season. And and certainly this was something that long term was possibly going to happen anyway. So, wow, here we are. Um, He looks absolutely phenomenal. The one thing I referred to it in the story today as they, and it is, it's a progression when you're learning the outfield. So they take him mm-hmm. over to right field to work on those corners, you know, where it, it kind of juts in and stuff. That's the only time he looked less than like he was born playing outfield. Uh, Right. And of course he's going to. I mean, that that's one of the harder parts of playing the outfield. In some ways, center field is the easiest position. You know what you're supposed to do, what you're going to do. This picture on the screen right now where he's up catching a ball right at the top of the railing was the last ball that Wayne Kirby hit to Fernando Tatis Jr. in right field. And it was amazing. (laughs) And there are some Padres front office people in the dugout. And they're just laughing and shaking their head. Like, you know, you tell him just to go out and work on some stuff. He's just, you know, maybe that catch made them move him back to shortstop. Cause they're like, it doesn't matter where we put him. This guy's going to just do incredible things. And so, you know, uh, he could get hurt anyway. Yes, he could. Here's the thing people need to understand about the move to outfield. Yes. If you dive in the outfield, if you run into the wall in the outfield, it could be even more severe than diving at shortstop and that shoulder popping out in the outfield. You have more time to understand what you're going to do. It's not a 114 mile an hour grounder or line drive at you mm-hmm. that you have 0.2 seconds to just decide. <laughs> it's the outfield. Now look, he's new out there. He is Fernando Tatis Jr. The last time he got hurt, he wasn't, he was doing something that was a little too aggressive. Um, you could argue that every time he's gotten hurt, he's doing something a little too aggressive. Uh, this is not foolproof, but this this is sound, and it's sound because of what you said, Jay. He's not going to make a fool out of himself. He is good
1: enough to do this, and he's he's made aggressive plays and not gotten hurt as well. Yes. We should say. Yes. I mean, it's not like it's he just decided he's going to make one aggressive play and oh no, he hurt himself. I mean, right. Right. he he has gone, he has put that shoulder through a lot, yes. and. I'm I'm not a doctor, and I'm not even going to play one here. But I, I would think that it's just a it's going to be a freak thing. Something is going to happen, and he you know he could get hurt. Some some guy tweeted at me last night. You know wherever he gets hurt, or you know wherever he plays, he could get hurt, or he gets hurt. It's going to play somewhere, whatever it was. I can't remember, but it was like yeah, he he could get hurt. <laughs> it was. And he also was, might not get hurt.
0: <laughs> it was Stephen Wright. Everywhere I go, there I am. Is yeah, that you know,
1: <laughs> it was <laughs> it was along those along those I lines. I get his point. You know, that, I get his point. Yes, but I I do too. And and but the thing is, if he's going to play, then and and they've decided that it's okay for him to play. Then yes, there is a chance he's going to get hurt. He gets hurt in the outfield. We all can't say, oh, they should have left him at shortstop because he can get hurt anywhere. He can get hurt hitting. We saw him get hurt running the bases. So. One it's spin- like with,
0: it's like with the coronavirus, right? Like, like you're supposed to like limit the amount of uh, exposure to the virus, it's, right? Right. Field is has less exposure. He's not going to yes. get as many balls.
1: Yeah. No. That's that's very true. Now, the one thing I just thought of while we were talking about this is uh, if if he comes back this weekend, let's say sometime this weekend, it's interesting that the two ballparks they're playing in. You talked about the crazy walls and the, all that stuff. Going, You know, the National League West is not an easy park to play the outfield in, but he's going to Arizona, which is a big outfield, and he's going to Colorado, which is a bigger outfield. Um, and then he's also got games coming up in, San, you know, a trip to San Francisco. I, I think one or two trips, two trips to San Francisco. Two trips to San Francisco. Two trips to San Francisco, where, again, the outfield's not quite as big as it's been in the past but it's still pretty big, Especially, so there's a yeah. lot of, and it's got that, you know, the weird wall and right field and everything. So, mm-hmm. um, look, I'm, I'm, I, I've said this many times, I'll watch Fernando Tatis Jr. do anything. It's fascinating to, uh, you know, to see him do anything. So if he's going to try something new, great, let's, let's see what he does. I mean, I, there's, there's no reason to expect that from what we've seen of this guy for the last three years, that anything he does, he's not going to succeed at.
0: Well, that's the thing. And look, I went from, oh, look, Fernando's out there taking grounders. Look, look um, Craig Stammen and Mark Melanson take grounders at third and second, okay? Will Myers <laughs> right. plays third. Like, and, you know, he played there in the game, but kind of. Uh, so he, he, he takes grounders <laughs> all over the infield. Uh, this happens. I'm like, on fr- last Friday, I'm like, oh, look, Fernando's out in center. Huh. That's different than last time. He's tracking balls. He looks like Mm -hmm. he's done it like all of his life right now. Um, and Oh, Wayne Kirby's talking to him. You start to ask kind of embarrassed, like, Hey, what's going on out there? This is real. Oh my (laughs) gosh. This is real. And and I'm still thinking, this is a goof. This is lame. It is it. The more you think about it, the more it makes sense for everything that you've said, Jay, a few of the things I've said, um, it, 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 it makes sense. And, um, you know, they have the ability to do it, and he has the well, ability to do it. He has the ability to play this. Look, let's say he makes a bad read. Um, I think he's got the speed to overcome it sometimes.
1: Yeah. I mean, he's not going to be perfect out there, and he may end up costing him a game out there. I mean, who knows? I, I'm interested to see it, and you mentioned that they have the ability to do it, and that's another part of this, is that they have, you know, by by acquiring Adam Frazier, it, it gave them one infielder too many. Uh, let's face it, and so unless you wanted to put Frazier in left field, and, I mean, look, Adam Frazier didn't look so good in left field that one game where he didn't make a catch out there. So it's not like Tatis is doing something, you know, is going to be alone if he he doesn't make a a catch uh, or a tough play. But now they have Frazier to play second. They have Cronenworth who can play anywhere uh, and made as great a play as you'll ever see. On Sunday afternoon, and you know, diving in the hole um, at shortstop. So, and you still have Hassan Kim on the bench to fill in at any point for those guys, and and for Machado as well. And you can you can shift Cronenworth on the days when you don't play Hosmer. You can shift, either put Myers at first, or you can shift Cronenworth at first and play Kim. I mean, that, that's what we've Those talked hard. about before with this thing. I mean, look at Chris Taylor of the Dodgers is a perfect example of a guy, and Chris Bryant has done this as well, who will play, you know, the infield, one infield position one day, one infield position the next, one outfield position the day after that. And the Padres now have guys that can do that. And that is another way of giving them the ability to try this with Tatis. It's a little unusual, let's say, to try this on August the 10th when, you know, you're battling for the playoffs. But it's also a way to get another good player into the lineup. And if if Myers or Pham, if they're not as good as Tatis or Frazier or Cronenworth or, you know, whoever it might be, why not do this? Why not try it?
0: Uh, will Myers uh, said the hot hand is gonna is gonna play yesterday, and so people were asking me, "Do you think he was telling you the truth?" I'm like, "Yes, but just in a really positive way, because <laughs> because because the cold hand will not play. Right, <laughs> right. gonna, yeah, well, that's, that's what it is. I mean, why would Will right. Myers look at it any other way? It's the hot hand's gonna play. I plan on being mm-hmm. the hot hand, and and you know that that was left unsaid that last part. But mm-hmm. of, of course, hey, the alternative here is, and I'm not saying Fernando Tatis Jr. couldn't play shortstop, but The alternative here is the MVP front runner, as long as he gets back in the game pretty soon, Mm -hmm. uh, the MVP front runner could sit or he could play the outfield. So uh, let's try this. Uh, I applaud the Padres for this and I will still applaud them. If he gets hurt, Uh, they need to really, and they say they're not gonna, but yes, they are. Tell him that wall hurts. Um, right. but, you know, right. so yesterday was the first day of okay. Work on the wall. Here's how you do your hand. Here's how many steps. Here's what you're looking for. There are a couple more days of that, right? And and communication. That's going to be introduced today in terms of talking. You know, you're in center field. You're in charge. You're in right field. The center field's in charge. You know, they're they're going to get into that. But Fernando, <laughs> calm down. Uh, just, you know, just like I need, to, I need to tell some guys sometimes light to steal. But you don't have to. Uh, you you, right. you can bunt if, but you don't have to. Um, so that that that's what they need to do with him, and and there's no doubt in my mind that they will.
1: Right, and there's and there's also no doubt in my mind that he'll go into a wall at some point. Um, and also that. And-
0: and that the wherever he's playing, that section's going to sell out because he's going to be talking to fans. He's going to throw balls to fans, um, and there is going to be. And if, if if you think there's not, then like you haven't been watching, and you're not, and it's okay because this guy's right. special. You're not fully grasping how wonderful he is of, of a player. He's going to do. He might make two errors in a game, and then also make a play that absolutely blows our mind and and is seen mm-hmm. seventy million times on social media. That's that's right. going to happen. So. Yeah,
1: Yeah. and and, and let's hope it happens soon. Let's hope it happens soon so that we can get back to watching him play.
0: I think that – I got to check this out, but, I mean, he looked yesterday like a guy who can play. He's eligible to come off today. It won't be today uh, by every indication. Um, It's that he needs a little bit more work to, you know, be ready to to be an outfielder. Uh, This is not the kind of injury that, oh, two more days. If he's doing what he's doing now, that means he's good to go. It's not like, oh, two more days, he'll be better. That's not this type of injury. He wouldn't be out there doing the things that he's doing, mm-hmm. taking full swings, running, uh, c- catching, throwing, all this stuff that he's doing. He's ready. I think that it's that they need to get him ready to be an outfielder, and especially like you said, uh, to play uh, at, at Arizona and particularly at Coors Field. But again, his speed uh, will take care of it. And you know what? I don't think you change things, but you do have a right fielder now in Trent Grisham. If Fernando's playing center, who is pretty fast himself and 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 can do things, so I, I think you 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 just you work these things out,
1: right? And I wonder if because of the Arizona factor um, and, and going into a different ballpark, if he if he's activated say Thursday, or if they give him a day to practice before the game Thursday, and I mean, he could obviously practice before the game and still play. We'll see; it's all just speculation at this point. But it does appear that he's going to be playing the outfield when he comes back. Uh, And now the only question is when does he? You know, when is he? When is he ready? And when do they feel comfortable putting him out there where he's not going to hurt? You know, it's one thing for him to not hurt himself; he also has to not hurt the team. um, You know, there are a lot of
0: bad fielders out there with a thousand OPS. No, actually, I shouldn't say that. Teams yeah. would take a lot of bad fielders yes. out there with a yes. thousand OPS. There aren't a lot of players with thousand OPS, uh, <laughs> but there's a lot of bad fielders out there who are good hitters. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, let's let's just keep it in perspective here. That Fernando Tatis Jr. is coming back on the field. That's the point.
1: <laughs> right. Right. So, right, well, we fun. got got two more days uh, here, and then you're off to uh, you're off to Phoenix and Denver. I believe for the final time to both, or no, or is there, final no one Arizona, more? To, one to more to Phoenix. That's right.
0: Yeah, so, final pl- time plenty, to course though. Plenty of heat to, to to be able to bask in in Arizona. Um, <laughs> so that'll be that'll be great. You know what they do in Arizona this time of year, and the players say it's just fine. They would prefer it. It's down to like ninety dry heat. They open the it's roof at some point in the game. They open the roof at some point in the mm-hmm. game. In the press box, it's stifling. I'm dripping <laughs> sweat. They actually the air conditioning was on earlier. They act. They don't be surprised if you're right. It's 98, but down on that field, it's like 90, and right. they actually prefer that to having the airplane hangar closed.
1: So yeah, I can down. I can see that. I mean, if, if you're starting the game at I think most of them start at like 6:40, let's say Thursday and and Friday, and so it's probably 95 to 98 uh i can see we're on the field if you open things up and it cools off that it's it's not so bad and i I, it's too i I really hate that they're not thinking about you guys in the press box but i I mean we're you we're used to it right
0: yeah it's all right oh they have a nice fan next to me all right we get okay uh then but i just thought about that but anyway you know how i am Jay. thanks everybody